Greetings and welcome to another Tomorrow's World webcast. My name is Wallace Smith. Ah, and this article I want to talk about, this news item, was heart-wrenching when I read it. Uh, it's from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, published October 23, 2016. And it was a result of a contest they have. It's the second year, apparently, they've done this, called the Personal Journeys Writing Contest. And the title, it's by a, a woman named Melissa McWilliams. The title is, Emma is a Boy. And just from the title, you can guess what it's about. It's about this transgender movement that's going on. And let me be upfront. If you do go read it, it's an interesting article. But if you do go read it, please keep in mind, it is a piece meant to promote this transgender movement. Unabashedly, that is exactly what this is. Frankly, the opposite of that is not going to be allowed to win a contest anymore called Personal Journeys Writing Contest in papers like the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. But it is a meant to promote this ideology. So it's titled, Emma is a Boy. Uh, the author has two daughters that also feature in the story, Hannah, who is 16, at least the beginning of the story, and then Emma, who was 12 at the beginning of the story. And to just cut right to the point, Emma has decided she's a boy. Now I say decided, and of course the article doesn't put it that way. Uh, it describes it as she just feels like a boy, and she had confided in her sister, but not yet her mom, and she just feels like she was supposed to be a boy, and yet here she is, a girl, uh, with the body of a girl, but I will say a girl because she's a girl. And so she finally talks to her mom and her mom goes through this journey of how to accept this and deal with it. And in particular, it comes to a point where they're in a department store and they have to decide she has to go to the bathroom. That is, Emma does. Emma says she doesn't feel comfortable going to the ladies' room. And so she goes to the men's room and comes out and there's no, there's no uh, difficulty. Nothing really comes out. It's not a problem. But it just gets the mother thinking, and she mentions, I'll start reading just this passage from here. She says, I put on a brave face and pretended all of this was normal, but I still struggled inwardly. I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that Emma was a boy. Now notice, she's talking about this as a fact. I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that Emma was a boy. Now notice that's a fact that would not have been recognized as a fact literally in the last many millennia uh, of civilization uh, for the vast majority of humanity and, and cultures. But let me continue in the article. She writes, Driving in the car alone one day, an overwhelming sense of helplessness came crashing down on me. With no one around, the tears started pouring. I turned to God for answers. What am I supposed to do with this? I cried out. The response was immediate. Love her. It wasn't audible, but it was clear as day in my head. The tears kept coming, and I asked the question again. Again, the answer was the same. Love her. Once more, what do I do? I heard it again in my head and in my heart. Love her. The tears finally slowed. I thought about the answer to my question, and I felt my spirits lift. I could do that. It's what I had always done. It uh, it was that simple. I didn't need to add anything else to it. It was the unconditional love of a parent for a child. For the first time since this journey began, I felt the burdens ease off me. There really is a lot to meditate on this passage, let alone the entire article, but I just want to focus on this passage. And for one thing, let me highlight this as well as the rest of the article. It really does point out to us that we have to keep in mind when these things come up in a family, when a family is all of a sudden in this circumstance, and sometimes it's not all of a sudden, but when they're in this circumstance, it's human beings. It's not just an issue. It's not just a concept or an ideology. It's not just a, a political position. 
For them, it is something challenging in their lives. You know, what do they do with this? Uh, they didn't necessarily wake up and say, hey, I really hope that sometime in the next year, my family is struggling with the question of trans transgender issues uh, and confusion and tears. These are real people living through these things. And regardless of what we think about the issue, right or wrong, we should still have sympathy, some kind of sympathy for many of those caught in this and filled with confusion and not knowing what to do. Uh, we do need to love them, but then how do we do that? Uh, that's one thing I want to highlight. These are real people. I do want to highlight as well, in terms of this prayer, this is not exactly the model prayer in which to act on. She decides to consult God and then has this voice, and I don't want to say it was a literal voice, even she says it's not, but it just keeps giving the answer, love her, love her. That's the answer, love her. Well, I can't argue with that. Who can argue with loving someone? And yet at the same time, what if that voice had said, uh, love her and help her to see through this confusion? Would suddenly we be seeing this article winning a contest for a paper? Uh, would all of a sudden the paper say, oh, you know, this is the winner of our essay. Love her by helping her see through this confusion. Clearly not. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. When she decided she wanted to seek God, did she go to the Bible? Uh, did she actually go to God's Word that He provided? He said, here's my thoughts on paper. You wish to seek me? Take a look. Understand what it is that I said and that I believe. You know, she didn't. And something like that, frankly, is a formula for being misled. But that said... The answer is still true, love her. Love her, but how do you love someone in a dilemma like Emma's? Well, what do you do in other body confusion circumstances? You know, we take those who have anorexia or bulimia or those who, who are convinced in their mind fully and completely that, they are, that they're way obese and they're fat just in an unhealthy manner and they look in the mirror and they see someone ugly and hideous because they have one of those body confusion kind of disorders. Do we love them by abandoning them to that? Do we love them by simply abandoning them to an illusion that science and medicine has shown will harm them over time? That's not loving them. And that's not how to love children like Emma either. Abandoning them to the illusion, to the disconnection of their mind and reality is not loving them, is abandoning them to that which will harm them. How do you love someone? You love them by leading them to the truth. No matter how difficult that path is, no matter how challenging it is, you can't separate love from truth. Thanks for watching. Please check out everything we have available at tomorrowsworld.org.